Hello, everybody, and welcome to my first ever podcast. You are listening to Sean Daniels. I am super excited to be here with you guys. I'm super excited to be delivering some really good perspective, knowledge, and understanding from the field of social work, just the clinical field in general, as well as just being a human. This is my podcast, Practical, Not Clinical. And again, I'm super excited to be here with you guys. Let's jump into it. So podcasts have been something that has been a great part of my life for the last couple of years now. I've listened to a lot of different podcasts. Spotify is one of my most used apps on my phone. And I'm constantly listening to other people talk and teach and guide other people, including myself. I find it very interesting. I think it's a great platform. I think it's something that is very needed in the world that we live in today, this busy, busy, busy world where people just consistently have things to do and don't have time to sit down and read a book, don't have time to watch a video, but being able to put in the earbuds, put on a podcast and just continue about their day, I think is amazing. So I wanted to start this podcast off right. And I want to start with the first episode, really talking about the system of mental health and not just the whole system in itself, because there's a million topics that we can jump into with that. However, I want to talk about specifically this idea of self-care, mental health care, working within mental health agencies. This is a touchy topic I found out in my career. This is a topic that is very difficult to discuss. It's a topic that is uh, often marred in money and profit and things that just really kind of don't make sense and don't seemingly belong in the idea of a mental health, you know, self-care company or idea. And when I say self-care, when I say mental health and things of this nature, there's a lot of different things that go into that. And that you can watch a million different podcasts or listen to a million different podcasts or watch a million different YouTube videos or read plenty of blogs and books about self-care. But what I'm talking about, an organization that provides the opportunity for quality self-care for their workers, I'm talking about allowing your workers the time to be able to decompress. I'm talking about giving your workers, their staff, the leadership, the resources that are needed to be able to provide and and, and perpetuate this idea of self-care. See, if you're new to the self-care or new to the mental health field in general, you know, you look at it and you might think, oh, this person's got it all figured out. They know all the coping skills. They have all of the um, you know, the, the, psych, the psychological understanding of, you know, why we may do this or why we may do that and how to maybe work through that and be able to process this. But it's always easier to give advice and guidance and perspective than it is to take it for yourself. It's always easier to read it and then tell somebody else about it than to read it, process it and apply it to your own life. And unfortunately, in our profession, we are littered with that. We're littered with this idea of, I'm going to teach and guide, but I can't do it for myself. 
And that's a problem. And I say that's a problem because that is the culture. And unfortunately, the agencies that I've worked for in the past, you know, from a large perspective, unfortunately, have not allowed for the the culture to shift towards this idea of providing good self-care, providing an opportunity for their workers, their people, their staff to really practice what they teach to their clients, the clients that are making the company money. In mental health, there is a wide range of individuals that will leave a company after a short amount of time. We have a very high turnover rate within the helping profession in general, but specifically the mental health profession. This idea of turnover is something that is, in my opinion, a public health emergency. It's a public health crisis. We're talking about this idea that individuals that have a therapist, a counselor, peer support, case managers are having to lose these individuals and start fresh, brand new. Now, in some situations, this may not be as bad, uh, but in certain situations where we're talking about someone needing consistency, somebody needing structure, somebody needing continuity in their life, switching case managers, switching therapists, counselors, all of these different things is something that can perpetuate trauma that may have already happened in their life. This can stunt their growth to healing. This is something that is honestly frustrating as someone that works in this field. And I know that a lot of people that I work with and I've talked with share a similar sentiment because it's not for a lack of trying and effort by us, the mental health professionals, and not even to say that the companies or organizations that we work for are at fault either. But a lot of individuals do not feel that they are really prepared, unfortunately, for what they're walking into. They're expecting kind of like we were talking about a little bit earlier that, you know, we're the mental health professionals. We have it all together. And that's not necessarily always the case. And even then, you've got to allow for your individuals, for your workers to be able to stretch their legs. You've got to allow for them to work through whatever they need to work through. You need to allow for them to be able to have uh breaks in between seeing clients and phone calls and things of that nature so that they can decompress for just a moment. I do want to point out that an article that I wrote or or read, excuse me, by Melissa Lewis Stoner and MSW and LCSW um, on uh, a Relias blog that I was looking at uh, noted that 37% out of Detroit, in Detroit, Michigan, the entire state of Michigan had a 37% turnover rate for the mental health field. That is more than one third of workers that are leaving the field, that are leaving, not the field, excuse me, leaving their job, their organization. So let's think about this. That means that more than one third of individuals receiving care through these organizations that these uh, mental health professionals are working at are having to restart and start over, retell their stories, relive their trauma. How can we expect for our our populations to be able to move forward? How can we expect for them to heal if we're constantly throwing in chaos into their lives? But this is why I say this is a mental health crisis or public health crisis, excuse me. 
This is something that has to be fixed. And this starts with the culture. Okay, This idea of self-care, this idea of um, putting your workers first is something that is relatively new in a sense, at least in terms of talking about it publicly. Um, but this is something that does need to be addressed even more, that companies, organizations need to be setting initiatives forward to ensure that their workers are set they're trained they're good they're ready to go they're able to like i said take breaks they're able to take time off they're able to uh, breathe instead of be in a crisis crisis mode 24 7 because working in mental health and a lot of you are mental health professionals so please take this with a grain of salt as i explain this to the individuals that may not be mental health professionals but working in mental health a lot of the time is seemingly crisis management And I don't mean that we're dealing with crises all the time. I'm not saying that there's always people that are suicidal or homicidal or completely dysregulated um, and unstable, but there's constantly something going on. And not only that, you never know what's going to be around the corner. You can be having a really pretty even keel day and then things just happen. Now, all of a sudden, you've got three, four hours of phone calls and emails and meetings and things of this nature. You may have to go out and see your people, especially in a world of COVID, unfortunately, where, you know, we're trying to ensure that we're remaining safe for ourselves and our families while also remaining safe for our population and the individuals that we serve. But we may have to go out and see these families and see these individuals. And this is something that, again, just kind of perpetuates this idea of, We need reform within self-care. Now, I like to think that I don't complain too often and that majority of the time I'm not complaining if at all what I'm doing is I'm highlighting issues. I'm highlighting the cracks in the foundation so that we can rebuild, we can build it stronger. I want to come with solutions. I want to offer something that uh, maybe others aren't offering and talk about the hard things and making the hard decisions, even when it seemingly just is going to make everything implode. Because at the end of the day, what's right is right. That's the way that it goes, in my mind, at least. Now, talking about self-care, talking about how we can implement these things, how we can change this culture, how we can shift back from a from a public health crisis of mental health turnover rates to thriving that's a long road that's a long hard journey but it starts with our individual organizations it starts with our for-profit our not-for-profits our government funded it doesn't matter who they are what organizations or companies but it starts with them to decide like i said to create initiatives to work with their individuals their employees to help train them better on self-care to create a culture of self-care to hire upper management and um to hire upper management as well as hiring frontline management frontline supervisors that are well versed in self-care recognizing when individuals are getting burnt out because one of the problems is we again as mental professionals a lot of the time think well we've got it we're good they know how to handle this they know how to handle the frustrating things the trauma they know how to handle uh dealing with a difficult family and they are able to you know on the way home while they're driving home in their car they can breathe they can do this 
But the fact of the matter is, is that sometimes we need to direct our individual workers to give them time to tell them that, hey, I see what's going on. I see that you're hurting right now. I know this is a hard situation for a lot of different people. I just want to check in with you. That is something that I often have found within my companies that I've worked for and organizations that I've worked for, where my frontline supervisors and managers and directors have often asked these questions, but very few of them have I really felt that they were truly being real, truly cared about what was going on and what I was thinking and how it was affecting me. And that difference between me feeling that they cared and me feeling that they just were just asking because they felt that that was the right thing to do is vast. The ones that seemed, the, the ones that I thought cared, the ones that I felt were truly there for me, that loyalty runs deep. I know that I can come to them with problems and issues and express my worries and concerns, whether it deals with a client, a family, my own personal stuff, if I have to take some self-care time, whether that's just taking an hour throughout the day or taking an entire day. I know that I can come to them, but there's other ones that I've worked for where they've made it much more difficult, where it doesn't feel like I can go to them and ask them for help and say, hey, I'm struggling in this area. Can you please help me? There is a difference there between those two. And unfortunately, there's really no in-between. Support is support at the end of the day, but support is relative to the person that's receiving it. You've probably all heard the phrase, you know, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. This is very true for the same of support. Support is only support to that person that is receiving it. You can come to somebody and express uh, that you're trying to support them and be there for them and do A, B, and C. Maybe they don't need A, B, and C. Maybe they need D, E, F. Maybe that's what they need to feel supported. But you have to know your team. And this starts, again, with creating a culture of trying to understand your team. This doesn't start with uh, computer-based trainings. This doesn't start with talking about it one time during an orientation and then never really talking about it again. This is a constant, ongoing thing. This is a living, breathing, real, I don't even know the word. I want to say task, but task isn't the right word either. I guess you could say it's a, it is a lifestyle. It's a culture in itself to ask these questions. These are the hard things that we have to do and continuously do to ensure that we're decreasing this turnover rate, to ensure that our workers are the best that they can be, to ensure that when they're going out and meeting families, they know that they can give themselves to these families and know that they can then leave to recharge. They know that they have time in between clients, if need be, or uh, between you know really hard meetings or whatever it is to breathe to be, to have support, to be checked on. And this, when I say checked on, I'm not talking about this idea of, you know, putting down somebody to say, oh, you know, you may not, you know, you you can't handle this. Because unfortunately, we forget that trauma in itself is something that is so insidious and can literally seep from somebody in a situation into other things and other people. When I'm in a session and I'm talking with one of my clients and they're describing a trauma that's happened to them, I take on part of that trauma as I validate, as I understand, as I listen, as I try to help them work through these things, as I try to be empathetic, 
I'm taking on bits and pieces of this and I need after that's over to breathe I need to not worry about putting my notes in immediately I need to worry not worry about hopping on a phone call to call another family or another client immediately and not having had time to process those things we don't need to be sitting on our couches after a long day thinking about our clients non-stop and that's a hard thing to do because at the end of the day all of us that are in this mental health field i truly do believe care greatly and want to change the world so we're gonna think about these things i think that it's something that we have been trained to do we have trained ourselves in some way to to think this way to feel this way and that's okay but we also need to take stock in ourselves and say i need to breathe i need to take time i need to go cross stitch or I need to go make a podcast or I need to go play with my dogs or hang out with my spouse or hang out with my kids or whatever and just be present in these moments because we're present in the moments of our clients but we're not present in the moments of our own lives at times and again I'm not putting all the blame on organizations and companies and things of that nature because we do have to take some of that responsibility as well as mental professionals to make sure that we are implementing this because no matter where you work, no matter who you volunteer for, no matter who you work under or what company you own, it doesn't matter. It is up to you at the end of the, at the, end of the day to do what's best for you. And that's unfortunately what we're seeing with this turnover rate is that people are doing what's best for them at, at the end of the day and they're leaving these companies. It's a sad reality. 37% turnover rate is way too high. I know that's only one state, but I am sure that other states mirror that in a similar sense. That is a way too high turnover rate for individuals or vulnerable populations where they are struggling and need consistency, structure, and continuity and aren't able to get it even from their own mental health providers because people are constantly coming and going we have to do better so i do i challenge any individual that's listening to this podcast to challenge and provide solutions to their organization to their companies starting with their individual supervisors and then moving up from there if need be but challenging these things and Again, highlighting the cracks in the foundation that are already there, but coming with solutions already to fix those cracks because we don't want to come to these meetings and these situations just saying, hey, I don't get self-care and, you know, nobody cares about me or whatever the case may be, whatever it is you're feeling or thinking. We want to say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm witnessing. This is what I'm seeing. How can we fix this? Here's some solutions that I have. You know, please, let's work on this. And it still starts with you regardless, because either way, you again are in charge of you. You decide if you need to advocate for yourself the same way you advocate for your clients. And you also need to be there for your individual coworkers and peers that you work with that you see are struggling. Be the example. Walk the walk and talk the talk. Do it for yourself as well. Do not forget that. is all i have for today thank you for listening thank you for being here with me today 
If you have friends that are in the mental health profession or in the medical profession at all, please share this with them. Anyone at all that you think could even just benefit from this. Um, I really enjoy doing this and making this podcast. Uh, I'm hoping to do something similar every single week. I want to do things on different topics uh, involving mental health, concepts within mental health, as well as talking about things such as coaching and consulting within the mental health field and what that looks like. If you have any questions or concerns or even suggestions or topics that you'd like to hear, please send me a message. My email is nthstarconsulting at gmail.com. Again, that is nthstarconsulting at gmail.com. I appreciate every single one of you. Again, thank you for being here. And I'll see you or hear you on the next podcast.